Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts right after this. Agroplante is the leading manufacturer in specialty products. Agroplante formulates products that rise to the challenge of today's growing conditions. Saline and sodic soils reduce crop yield and cause significant crop losses. Agroplante developed Cation EX5 Plus with growers in mind to manage soil salinity. With multiple years of research, Cation EX5 Plus has proven to be an excellent source of calcium and an effective soil salinity manager. Run it through drip irrigation without any issues. Simplify your application method with innovative and efficient formulations. Alleviate salinity stress with Cat Ion EX5 Plus. Agroplante. Imagination. Innovation. Science in action. The California Department of Food and Agriculture has once again expanded the state's Wana Long Bing or HLB quarantine boundary to prevent the spread of Asian citrus ciliad, which transmits a bacteria that causes HLB. The new boundary includes the San Gabriel area of Los Angeles County, according to a news release. For more information, see the CDFA website. The California Farm Bureau has responded to Governor Gavin Newsom's state budget plan with positivity and a bit of concern. The governor has released his proposed $291 billion budget. The plan outlines a strategy to address California's projected more than $37 million deficit, while also including funding to combat the fruit fly threat to agriculture, according to Farm Bureau President Shannon Douglas. Over recent years, California farmers and ranchers have endured both prolonged drought and catastrophic floods. They have persevered in the face of often onerous regulations to produce America's most bountiful food supply while managing farm and family budgets amid difficult times, according to Douglas. As California faces a budget crisis, they appreciate Governor Gavin Newsom recognizing the importance of investing $22 million to combat the fruit fly invasion and protect the state's critical farming economy. They also hope the governor and legislature will ease regulatory burdens affecting farmers and ranchers producing the food supply. And just as their farm families must balance their budgets, they hope Hope that political leaders recognize that it is time for California to get its fiscal house in order as well. Four decades ago, the Mediterranean fruit fly, an invasive pest, threatened to destroy California's agricultural economy. To fight the fly, the state launched controversial aerial pesticide spraying campaigns and set up roadblocks and quarantine zones. Today, the fruit fly threat to California is back. The USDA reports that if established, these flies could cause significant economic losses, requiring costly treatments to protect fruits and vegetables, and reducing the marketability of infested fruit fly locally and abroad. Snowfall and rain has sharply diminished so far this year in the state of California, unlike early 2023 when it was nonstop atmospheric river storms which built a deep Sierra Nevada snowpack and replenished depleted reservoirs and flooded parts of the state. However, that being said, state water officials say there is plenty of winter left to accumulate more snow and precipitation. California Department of Water Resources state climatologist Michael Anderson said accumulation of snowpack has just begun, pointing out that half of the state's annual precipitation typically occurs during December, January, and February. He says this period of really wet and really dry was definitely on display last year, but what they're seeing this year is not quite the strength of either wet or dry, so everything is a little bit subdued. In the days since WDR 
Weather's first Sierra Nevada snow survey of 2024, storms have added more snow, which means increasing the early January statewide snowpack survey amounts. He said it's really too early to determine what kind of year they'll have in terms of wet or dry. Recorded on April 1st, a state's peak snowpack data is used in modeling by DWR to determine the amount of runoff the state can anticipate when snow melts in the spring and summer. The snowpack supplies about 30% of the state's water needs. Looking ahead, state water officials have announced that extreme weather events highlight the need for Californians to prepare for flood risk. DWR noted it's working with emergency response partners and reservoir operators to prepare flood infrastructure. As part of this effort, farmers hope to take advantage of flood flows for groundwater recharge, such as in 2023, to replenish aquifers, which are required to reach sustainability by the 2040s under the state's Sustainable Groundwater Management Act. Ocean Mist Farms has announced its first frost-kissed crop of the season currently being harvested out of its southern growing region in Coachella. These specialty artichokes are shipping now and will be immediately available through the winter. Special petal inserts have been developed to help educate the consumer about the unique condition of these artichokes. Frost-kissed artichokes are truly a specialty item and the very definition of don't judge a book by its cover, according to Bobby Bellow, director of farming. Created naturally after enduring a frost, which occurs when the temperature drops to below 32 degrees, the artichoke's skin darkens due to the freezing condition. The brown outer layer is strictly cosmetic, similar to a sunburn, and peels off when it's cooked, resulting in a green artichoke that consumers are familiar with, he says. The browning of the exterior petals of the artichoke in no way affects the eatability or quality of the artichoke, and in fact, seals in the flavor, which has a distinctive nuttier flavor than many consumers prefer, according to Mark Munger, Senior Director of Marketing. He says these unique artichokes with their nutty flavor are only offered by Ocean Mist Farms and are only available on a limited basis after a frost occurs in our winter desert growing region. In the winter of 2022 to 23, there were no frosts, so no frost-kissed artichokes found their way into the marketplace. As much as frost can be destructive to vegetation and farming, sometimes Mother Nature produces something truly amazing from what many consider to be an unfortunate weather condition, according to Bellow. Ocean Mist Farms has developed point-of-sale materials for retailers to help educate consumers about these limited artichokes. The National Agricultural Statistics Service has released an updated running bales gin by crop report for the state of California. There were 113,850 running bales ginned in the year 2020. In 2021, there were 82,950. In 2022, 54,600. And in 2023, 44,200. California bankrupt peach company Prima Wawona is being liquidated after not receiving a high enough value through the auction process. The company is selling off major farming assets and letting go of its entire workforce. The company filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy last October, just four years after acquiring Garawen Packing to become the nation's largest peach farmer. It received a $275 million credit bid last month, but did not move forward with it. After announcing plans to liquidate the official committee of unsecured creditors that was appointed in the case filed an objection to the plan, arguing in part that the liquidation would benefit company insiders. A lawyer from the Prima Wawona Lenders told the bankruptcy court that the company went through an auction process but did not receive a bid that the company had targeted. That forced the lenders to conclude that the liquidation value of the company exceeds its ongoing value, leading the move to liquidate. Employees have been given 60-day notices of termination. Prima Wawona has nearly 13,500 acres of land to liquidate, according to a presentation by Pearson Realty on behalf of lender Wawona Farm Company, LLC. The total price that was set for the land is $370 million.
In the January issue of West Coast Nut, Walnut and Pistachio Commodity Groups Explore Sustainability Efforts by Cecilia Parsons. The article discusses sustainability in agriculture as exemplified by growers who tailor their practices to the needs of their trees, embrace integrated pest management, and treat employees and neighbors respectfully while remaining profitable embodies the essence of sustainable agriculture. The University of California's Sustainable Research and Education Program defines sustainable agriculture as the ability to meet current societal needs for food and textiles without compromising the capacity of future generations to meet their needs. This concept of sustainability allows for flexibility among growers as they adapt management practices to their unique operations and environments. Industry sustainability programs aim to demonstrate to buyers and consumers that tree nuts are cultivated and processed sustainably, safeguarding the environment. These programs also enable growers to benchmark their practices. Almond, pistachio, and walnut growers have long practiced resource conservation, recognizing its importance. Industry organizations emphasize the significance of sustainable farming to consumers and buyers, developing sustainability programs to evaluate growers' stewardship. Such efforts extend beyond growers to huller-shellers and handlers addressing market concerns. Danielle Veenstra, Senior Manager for Global Stewardship at ABC, notes that sustainability is market-driven, yet responsible practices also support farm profitability, contributing to the industry's economic viability and ensuring farm continuity for future generations. The California Almond Stewardship Platform, for instance, is a tool for growers to assess their practices, providing market information and bolstering consumer confidence. The walnut industry, comprising of many multi-generational family operations, is defining key sustainability areas, while the American pistachio growers are focusing on water use and soil health. These initiatives are crucial for meeting both market demands and regulatory requirements, such as the Irrigated Lands Program and Nitrogen Management Plan. Sustainable practices like orchard sanitation and cover crops offer practical benefits and align with stewardship values resonating with growers. Overall, these sustainability programs and practices not only respond to consumer and market expectations, but also ensure the long-term viability and stewardship of agricultural resources. To read the complete article, please visit WCNGG.com. This is Jason Scott reporting for My Ag Life. We're thrilled to announce that the North Valley Nut Conference is taking place on January 31st at Silver Dollar Fairgrounds in Chico, California. This event is held in conjunction with University of California Cooperative Extension. It's a golden opportunity for professionals in the tree nut industry. Network with our exhibitors and sponsors who are committed to your success in the orchard. Earn valuable continuing education units and expand your knowledge on the latest industry trends. Listen to our expert speakers, share valuable insights and practical advice, but attendance is filling up fast. So make sure you visit myaglife.com backslash events and register today. We hope to see you there. The USDA began accepting applications for the Continuous Conservation Reserve Program as of Friday. The Farm Service Agency encourages agricultural producers and landowners interested in conservation opportunities for their land in exchange for yearly rental payments to consider the enrollment options available through Continuous CRP. It also includes a Conservation Reserve Enhancement Program offered by FSA partners. Producers can also re-enroll in contracts that expire. The deadline to apply is July 31st. 
As the Russia and Ukraine war enters its third year on February 24th, millions of dollars of damage has been done to Ukrainian port facilities. However, shippers continue to find alternative methods to move grain. Brian Irie, Crossroads Co-op Regional Manager and Grain Trader, gives more insight. This thing just doesn't appear like it's going to go away for a while. You know, it seems uh, Ukraine can gain a foothold and start to inflict some damage on Russian facilities, maybe you do start to slow down the limit of or the the amount of grain that is coming out of that Black Sea region. And it does impact U.S. values. You know, we could be premature for wheat futures to sell off. You know, and it, it could be that could be something that develops as you move forward. The conflict is not expected to resolve anytime soon and may persist for another two decades. Irie is convinced that this situation could significantly disrupt global grain distribution. And it could force more business to the U.S. down the road. I'm not predicting that that's going to happen, but it's Something that we've erased all the premium out of the markets really the last six months since midsummer, since things have kind of fallen into a pattern there. That might be the one thing out there that's a little positive. And of course, we're just going to have to keep an eye on weather moving forward as well. Brian Irie with Crossroads Co-op. The Farmers National Company says the farmland market seems to be moving into the new year, maintaining the value increases it's built during the last three years. That stability is in place despite increasing pressure from declining commodity markets, rising interest rates and inflation. Buyer demand remains strong for good quality cropland in the Midwest, while the supply of available land remains limited. As if working in agriculture isn't risky enough, U.S. farmers face economic headwinds in 2024, including continued concerns about inflation, lower commodity prices, talk of a national recession, and an upcoming national election, according to a group of agriculture economists during a special event hosted by the North American Agriculture Journalists. At the top of the list is how the Fed will address inflation. Roland Famasi, head of Rabo Research Food at Agribusiness, said that Rabo economists expect the U.S. economy to take a downturn at some point this year. He said sticky inflation will continue to challenge the Fed. He said preliminary numbers during the past three weeks show light recession is expected in the first or second quarter of 2024. In addition, he said there is some question about what the Fed will do with interest rates. He is expecting the Fed to cut the interest rates three times beginning around June. 2023 U.S. agricultural exports are trailing exports from 2022. Now that the numbers are in, USA Ag News reporter Gary Crawford has the story. USA Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack believes there is a way additional funding for farm safety net reference prices can be obtained without moving monies within a new farm bill. USA Ag News reporter Rod Bain. There is optimism by some that a new farm bill will be approved by Congress this first quarter of the calendar year. When asked his thoughts during an RFD-TV town hall meeting Thursday, Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack said this is possible, even with potential challenges within farm bill deliberations, such as... Folks want to increase the reference prices. They want more support for the PLC programs, the ARC programs, and so forth. Well, that costs money. In most cases, that means moving farm bill appropriations from one title to another, which could lead to less support of the total farm bill within Congress. The secretary believes a potential solution could be commodity credit corporation funds to address reference prices. The ARC payments and the PLC payments and the CRP payments all come from the commodity credit corporation. So they've done it in the past. They just need to get to a point where they understand and appreciate that is the easiest and simplest and best way to get a farm bill done. I'm Rod Bain reporting for for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. 
The International Society for Infectious Diseases program, ProMed, has reported the detection of pepper ring spot virus in both seed and commercial potato varieties across several South African provinces. This information was relayed to ProMed subscribers early in January based on data from the International Plant Protection Convention. The first detection of PEP RSV in a commercial potato crop in South Africa was in October of 2022. Since then, the virus has been found in several potato cultivars across the country. The identification of the virus was confirmed by plant pathologists using RT-PCR methodology. The potential spread of PEP RSV could negatively impact both domestic and international trade, along with the export potential of affected commodities. The South African Department of Agriculture, Land Reform and Rural Development is conducting surveys in production areas to assess the spread and status of the pest. Phytosanitary measures have been implemented to restrict the movement of host material from infected to non-infected areas. PEP RSV affects a wide range of solanaceous crops and weeds, including true seed in tomatoes. The virus is transmitted in the soil by nematodes that feed on tubers and roots, complicating disease management. Certification and quarantine indexing of potatoes are crucial for all viral diseases. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcasts, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Nut Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. It's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. Mm-hmm.